Hello, and welcome to Intuitive Journey with Desiree. I am Desiree Holmes Sharini, your host. And I'd like to welcome you to this episode where I'm going to be talking about parenting and early childhood. And it's not going to be your standard early childhood development conversation. It's going to be about how the child, how their mind works, how, how the child takes things in. I did some reading up on um, some resources before doing this recording to see what's out there right now. And still, most things talk about child development in terms of their physical changes. Like an infant can you know, see you up close or turn its head to sound. Uh, a two-year-old can do certain things, lift a cup, use a spoon, etc. It doesn't talk too much about their way that they learn or their brainwave function or even uh, emotional and um, cognitive development so much. It talks about cognitive, but all in terms of learning stages, not how they're learning or how information is coming in. Uh, in college, I did take a course on early childhood development, and what I'm going to talk to you today about never came up, not once. And I didn't even learn it until it was too late for my three children. So um, I learned it as a hypnotherapist, what I want to share with you today. I learned about brainwave states. And because of hypnotherapy, where we learn about the brainwave states, and part of hypnosis is bringing someone to a particular brainwave state for it to work, I therefore learned about the brainwave states of children and how it's different than adults and how that affects what they take in, why they learn so quickly, and just so much that as parents, you should know. And even as adults, you should understand. And this will help you understand where maybe some of the beliefs and messages that you learned as a child are still subconsciously buried in your mind. So in early childhood, the... I'm going to just go straight into it. A baby is born, and anywhere from birth to two years old, they are working at the delta state. And uh, let me just throw in here, if you want to learn more about these uh, wavelengths, you can go back to my uh, recording on how, what is hypnosis or how does it work, because I really go into depth there. But I, in this one, you'll understand enough, I think, as I explain this, that the delta wave state is the slowest or just about the slowest wavelength uh, that our brain goes into, and it's a soft, slow state. And that's the state that we're in when we're uh, sound asleep, even usually without the dream state. And all of these states go on a continuum. They don't just, like, there's delta, and then there's alpha, and then there's theta. There is a continuum where it goes in a range. So delta goes from 0.5 to 4 hertz in this wavelength of our electrical mind. And in that state, it's a dream state. So your, your infant to two-year-old is basically, it doesn't seem like it to you, but they are basically walking around asleep. Their brainwave state, as if they, it's as if they're sleepwalking. And they, the things that we often expect from a child of that age uh, is almost impossible. 
and they're just kind of flowing through. They're still, you know, half in the womb, basically, as far as their brain waves. And they're taking things in, and they're in this sort of a dream state, and they are not experiencing the world around them like we do. And so moving forward from that, then the child gets to say two to six years old. And this is when they're in a theta state. And theta is four to eight hertz. And that's moving up a little bit on this wavelength. It starts to go a little faster. But what's very important to understand here is during that age, two to six years old, that theta state, that is the same state as deep meditation or hypnosis. And in meditation or hypnosis, you, uh, your conscious mind is closed and it's all working subconsciously. And this is when children assimilate everything. And, and I'm assuming nature created us this way so that we as infants and children could learn very quickly how to survive, how to adapt ourselves to our new environment after we're born, how to learn, how to speak, how to learn what's expected of us, culture, all of that, and how to become part of this new environment that we have, you know, taken part in um, as a you know, young human. And so they are just soaking everything up. And I would say, for example, this is the state that as a hypnotherapist that I want to get my client to because that's the state where I can easily create suggestion that they will carry on. So if someone wants to change a habit, we can go straight to there and change their habit. If uh, I could, you know, suggest things, their mind is wide open at that point to change, to learning, to new behavior. And so it's sort of like um, the kid is in this, uh, like their, their brain is, is just a gathering everything up. They're also at that stage, say between two, three, four, five, in that, that state, they're also still open to anything that came before this lifetime. And, you know, if you're watching or listening to this show, you know this is Intuitive Journey with Desiree. So I do talk about past lives. I do talk about things that we can't see or understand but do exist. And if you haven't checked it out before, you can, you know, look up so many stories of uh, past lives and reincarnation, and especially reported by young children. And young children are still in that theta state where they're subconscious and their mind is still open to the subconscious and the superconscious, which would be that state of all memory from all time, from everywhere. They, they aren't just isolated here yet. They are not completely assimilated into their new humanity. They can still recall past lives. And many of them have reported stories that have been proven so it's a really interesting time of life. And as a parent, here we are, you know, in our little square of this is reality and this is all there is. And if the kid misbehaves or if the kid imagines things, we say, oh, you're making stuff up. But they also, it's true, have a very imaginative quality right then. So everything in their mind at that stage from around 
say up to around the age seven, they have a very rich, open mind for learning, for imagining, and for connection to the beyond. Uh, sometimes I, I often think that uh, children's imaginary friends may only be imaginary to us, that they, this is somehow that they can actually communicate and there is actually some sort of a friend in a different dimension there that they can see or spend time with. Um, so just keep that in mind. But more importantly, keep in mind anything you do or you say is going to get soaked in and stay there. This is the period of the child's life where they are learning and assimilating and anything that they're taught is soaked in as truth. This is their indoctrination. This is where belief systems come in. So, for example, if you're upset with your you know, five-year-old and you say, oh my gosh, you're so stupid. I can't believe you did that. I wish I never had you. And you think, oh, well, I was just angry. He'll get over it. That gets stuck in there. And that gets carried over forever. And it will take someone like a hypnotherapist or some deep, deep work on the part of the kid to get past some of these messages that came in. So as an adult, people can work through it, but they'd have to recognize why you know, certain things aren't working for them. They might have low self-esteem, relationship problems, et cetera. All these things could come up from messages and belief systems that were given to them. And also as a life coach and hypnotherapist, I have had my share of getting to know people that um, suffered from messages given as a child that um, opinions and the way they were treated and comparisons that parents would do, but why can't you be more like your brother? Your brother's so smart. Uh, you'll never be as smart. Or, oh, you know, you wouldn't be good at that. Girls aren't good at math. You should learn how to cook uh, or find, you know, all, all sorts of things that parents say and don't realize that they can be setting their child up for failure. And this is your opportunity in these early years to give your child the messages that you want that child to believe as an adult. And also to, as an adult, to look back and think, what did I hear as a kid? What was I told and how has that affected me? And watch out because unfortunately the pattern is often that people will repeat the parenting style and the things that they were told they will repeat to their children because that's what they learned. That's the way they learned to parent. So you have an opportunity as a parent to change and stop a bad cycle that will only hurt your child and continue to hurt you. And as adult, you have the opportunity to do some introspection and think about your own behavior, your own issues or problems, and how those might be tied to your experiences with your own parents or childhood events. And of course, uh, sometimes, unfortunately, sometimes some of those childhood events uh, might be molestation or abuse, and those get anchored, and 
can change someone's uh, opinion of themselves, uh, creating a victim, uh, changing their feelings about sexuality, changing their feelings about uh, self-worth, and also about how they would, say, in turn, discipline their own child if they were heavily disciplined. And, well, my dad always you know, gave me a whooping and I was going to make sure my kids raised right. Um, it's not necessarily the right way. There are, you know, tender, sensitive ways and loving ways to raise a child and still be uh, disciplinarian, still be a strong uh, parent. So, of course, that's like kind of a whole nother subject. And certainly you understand if you're listening to this, that you want to stop and think about what you're doing as a parent and what you're saying and how deeply that can affect your child. So when your child is young, it's not just about can they hold a spoon, can they write their name, can they draw a circle. They are bringing in everything that you do and say, your conversations with your um, significant other, your husband or wife in front of them, they're soaking it up. Uh, the way your mother or father treat them, the grandparents, the way that you uh, handle them compared to their brothers or sisters. The, you know, and it goes the other way too. If you've got like one kid, you always say, no, you're amazing, you're great. That could go and go overboard too to where they could, uh, what's the right word, be a little too full of themselves. And so there's a real balance of somewhat being realistic, being kind, being strong, being encouraging, and, and giving praise and reward where it's deserved, and guidance, gentle, caring, loving guidance, and also totally leading by example as much as you possibly can. Nobody's perfect, but as much as you can, when you speak to a child, speak in the way that you wish you'd been spoken to as a child. With, with you know, I know they're just little kids, but with respect. Don't yell. You know, that doesn't really help. And also, here's another thing. Because they're in this, you know, delta or theta state, there is not a lot of um, good to be had with reasoning with them because they are not at really a reasoning, rational state until they get into, say, 5 to 8. They start to move into there. And after 8 to 12 is when they are conscious and awake and they are focused and they can do analyze and consider outcomes. But that happens after around um, 8 to 12 years old is when they start to shift into that sort of thinking. So before the age of 8, the rational, um, you know, doesn't always work with a kid. So you know how kids are always like, why? Well, because I told you, you know, because this is this, why? They're very inquisitive. But that doesn't mean that they can't, they're, they're, like I said, they're inquisitive because they're taking it all in. But they also, from the other side, can't put those together to say, oh, I get it. Okay, I understand. Um, they're very basic, especially the younger they are. They just want what they want. They're curious. They'll stick their hand on the hot stove. They'll do the stupid stuff because they are learning. And it's not because it's really stupid. We think it's stupid because we know. And if we say, don't put your hand on the hot stove, they want to know why. And so they'll touch it and, and go, oh, okay. And, and to us, we're like, 
actually my oldest daughter did do that. Uh, you know, so <laughs> to us, we're like, I just told you, don't put your hand on the stove. Why did you put your hand on the stove? Because <laughs> I wanted to see what you meant by it's hot, don't touch it. So it's, it's all learning. And um, luckily, she has all of her fingers and just a lovely little mark on the stove. No, I'm kidding. She doesn't. But um, I'm looking at my notes just to make sure I covered the things I wanted to talk about here uh, about just being aware as a parent, letting you understand that they go through these brainwave states from slowest up to the whole awake state of beta when they get between their eight and 12 is when they start to be someone that you could talk to uh, on a more analytical level. Before that, they are just taking it in and you really can't expect their understanding, their response and their behavior to be the same thing that you would do. And when you're like, I don't get it, why is, what's wrong with this kid? Don't say that to them. And now you'll understand there's nothing wrong with your kid. This is just how their brains are working right now. And if you just give them the best parenting and guidance and kindness and love as they are going through these stages, the better off and easier it will be to parent them when they get to that analytical stage. They'll be a better young person, a better adult, and a happier person. Also, I encourage you to think about your own childhood and see what things you might would have liked to have changed and it's not too late. You can still make these changes in your own subconscious records and come out a happier person. Thanks for joining me and I will see you next time on Intuitive Journey with Desiree. Bye.